Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from Detroit. And we have a great episode planned for you today. Will's going to be joining us with Paula Talk a little bit later. Uh, we're going to talk about the Taylor Swift lawsuit and all that other good stuff. But to start things off, I have an exclusive story for you guys. Uh, Most of 2020, we talked about how NBC was very disappointed in the ratings performance of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. While some of the videos go viral, uh, the actual... Ratings for the show are abysmal at best. He is regularly beaten by the Tonight Show, uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel is making inroads, uh, and is not a is not far from overtaking Jimmy Fallon uh, for the runner-up position. All of this has led to a headache for NBC execs who have seen the primetime slate turn around uh, in the uh, uh, 2019-2020 ratings year. Uh, NBC finished first for the first time in like 20 years. It wasn't actually 20 years, but it was the first time in a long time that they beat... Uh, long, uh, long time stronghold CBS. And they're on track to do it again this year, uh, particularly with the, uh, Olympics. However, their late night lineup, uh, is struggling. In November, (coughs) oh, earlier last year, they started releasing scandalous tapes of Jimmy Fallon in the hopes of driving him out. It didn't work. All it did was lowered his asking price, um, and he started to rebrand himself as a family man. Uh, His wife was seen on the show more, uh, particularly uh, when they were uh, doing the show remotely from his house. Uh, and, and, and the kids and all that. So, when he noticed that there was an uptick in his Q rating, he also figured that his ratings would then start going up. They didn't. In November, after President Joe Biden won the election... Uh, Jimmy's team and the NBC team were in the middle of negotiations. Jimmy's team felt that they had an advantage in that before the 2016 election, uh, Jimmy was doing fairly well. Uh, he was clobbering uh, first David Letterman and then uh, Stephen Colbert in the ratings. And his frat boy brand of comedy 
was just what America needed and loved. Then came the 2016 election and the rise of political humor. (laughs) And this was Stephen Colbert's wheelhouse. So fast forward to the 2020 election with Joe Biden winning the election. Everyone assumed that there would be a decrease in demand for political humor and Jimmy could go back to his antics. So far that has not happened. And Stephen Colbert has held on to his audience, sending the NBC executives into a panic. They have clauses in Jimmy's contract that allow them to remove him as host of The Tonight Show uh, for various things, including ratings. Uh... And they want to exploit one of those clauses and remove him from The Tonight Show. And they want to do something a little bit more daring. They are pursuing, very heavily pursuing, Chelsea Handler in the hopes of bringing her back into the universal fold. Chelsea, of course, started her career... Over on E with Chelsea lately, <coughs> and then segued over to Netflix, uh, where she hosted another talk show uh, that lasted two seasons, uh, and in the end, it started to get a tad more political, uh, and was really it, it found its voice too late, basically. The NBC team wants to take uh, the the building blocks that Netflix started to put down and bring Chelsea over to The Tonight Show. Uh, they're going to tout it as the first woman to host a late night talk show on network TV. Uh, this is not true. Joan Rivers had a talk show, uh, I believe it was on Fox, uh, a long time ago. So, you know, uh, there's that. But uh, this will be the first time that a permanent, uh, uh, a female has permanently hosted The Tonight Show, which is in itself historic. Uh, Other names have been bandied about, including uh, Mindy Kaling, Unfortunately, she is on contract over at Warner Brothers and likely not interested in the daily grind of a late-night talk show. Uh, A few other women, Lily Singh, was was suggested. However, her ratings um, are not even close to what Last Call with Carson Daly was bringing in. Uh, So, NBC is a little... Skeptical of a little skeptical of uh, having her 
host the show. <clears throat> um, Amber Rufflin uh, could be getting a big promotion. Uh, she's Her show is currently on Peacock. Uh, and they were looking to possibly uh, bring her over. Uh, there's just two things wrong with that. Uh, Seth Meyers, who hosts The Late Late Show, or the the show after Jimmy Fallon's, um, I got confused with James Corden for a second, uh, but um, Seth Meyers produces the Amber Rufflin show, and I would be very disheartened uh, to... If, if his protege was bumped up over him. There's also the fact that he has a next-in-line clause in his contract that says if Jimmy's removed, uh, Seth gets this night show. Uh, in the current contract negotiations, uh, Seth agreed that uh, he would forego the next-in-line clause um, if they found someone uh, a little bit more historic, other than a straight white male. <clears throat> uh, this is very similar to what played out um, over on the CBS Late Night franchise when Craig Ferguson was supposed to take over uh, the late show, um, but it ended up going to Stephen Colbert. Um, Craig Ferguson opted to leave uh, because he was able to exploit that clause. What I'm hearing is uh, Rosie O'Donnell has been approached to uh, possibly step in on a short-term basis until they can find uh, another host. Uh, Rosie's not opposed to doing this on the daily grind. However, <clears throat> um, because of her name, Rosie's a very expensive talent. And NBC execs are kind of wondering if it would be worth it. Um, and Rosie is also notoriously a, a control freak. However, uh, she's taking the meetings with NBC execs, uh, and uh, she herself has said that she's not completely interested in doing a late night show for the long term. So what would all this mean? If Rosie were tapped to step in as uh, the host of The Tonight Show, it would be for a very short amount of time. Uh, both my sources on this matter said that they would not expect her to last more than a year in the role. Uh, she's also said she will not sign any contract that does not give her the ability to... Uh, be a producer on The Tonight Show uh, from the time she takes over as host 
until the end of the show. She also <coughs> has stated that she will not uh, sign on the dotted line unless she is given <coughs> the ability to create a variety show and have it actually air a full, at least one full season. Um, Universal and NBC, which just launched Peacock, are actually on board with this and are said to be willing to give her a two-season order. Uh, And basically free creative reign. As for Jimmy Fallon, (coughs) word is they are willing to give him the same kind of sweetheart exit deal that uh, Conan O'Brien got when he announced that he was leaving his TBS late night talk show, Conan, uh, where they would allow him to create a show uh, for Peacock uh, and throw massive amounts of money at him. As the story develops, we will bring you more, of course. But for right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I am back. And we're going to continue talking about Late Night Stars. In this case, we're going to talk about Deborah Wilson. For those of you who don't know, or maybe just need a little refresher here, Deborah Wilson was one of the original cast members of Mad TV uh, from the 90s. Uh, In fact, many people argue that she and Nicole Sullivan (coughs) were a a big reason for the the success of Mad TV, especially in uh, the first five or six seasons. Uh, eventually, uh, Nicole would move on and go on to star in um, The King of Queens, but Deborah stayed. In fact, uh, Deborah stayed for eight of the nine original seasons and only left when she went to uh, the producer's and uh, asked them for a raise. The whole reason why she was asking them for a raise is because she learned that newer cast members, specifically uh, white men, were making more money than she was. The producers laughed at her. Not figuratively laughed. They literally laughed her out of the room. And didn't even negotiate. She said in a recent interview that she wasn't even asking for parody or uh, to make more than the newer co-stars. She just wanted a bump in salary and would have negotiated with them. But when they laughed at her, she realized that they didn't value her input 
into the show. Going a bit further, she acknowledged that producers would often ignore her sketch ideas in favor of, again, her newer white co-stars. When she complained about that, she was told that she just wasn't funny enough. When when asked why she was speaking out now, Deborah said that she's hoping that uh, things are getting better for black comedians, specifically black female comedians, and that no one has to go through what she went through. But there's a little bit more to the story. I talked with my L.A. source, and he helped fill in some of the missing gap here. So we all know Fox is owned by Rupert Murdoch. And while many of the shows were sexy and uh, considered cutting edge back then, <clears throat> he informed me that what we don't, what we didn't know, and what we didn't see was that it was a boys' club, and it was hard for any female entertainer to break through. And. Those who did were not treated as though they were worthy of respect, compassion, or anything else. With with time, this has eased, especially uh, given the rise of the Me Too movement. And according to our L.A. source, Fox executives are sweating bullets worrying about if they're going to be the next one. Apparently, it was a free-for-all on the Fox lot where actresses would have to uh, give out sexual favors in order you get any kind of attention on the network and often we're not even given the promised roles there were very few exceptions uh, to this rule moreover Deborah Wilson had really fired up a few of the executives by refusing to bow to their pressures. And there was one situation where she actually kind of raised the alarm of uh, the racist activities Uh, happening behind the scenes. Uh, According to my LA source, uh, 
there was a situation in which uh, Deborah's then boyfriend, uh, who was a white cast member, um, walked into the makeup room, and it was Alex Borstein, uh, Ari Spears, and Deborah. And Alex uh, said something about dirt being under Deborah's boyfriend's fingernails, and how he must have forced Deborah to go to bed with him, and that he would never get it get it off of him. The two laughed. Uh, Aries and Deborah were left fuming. This is a public story. Most people know this already. What isn't known is that Deborah actually complained, but because Alex Borstein was already a favorite, a, a fan favorite, and an executive favorite, Deborah was told that she was being too sensitive and that if she wanted to continue working on a comedy show, she needed to learn to have a sense of humor. It should be noted that around this time, Alex Bornstein was also voicing the role of Lois Griffin on Family Guy. <clears throat> so there's a school of thought that said that <clears throat> Fox and the Fox execs were, in fact, trying to protect uh, were trying to protect their their franchise. And my my LA source did say uh Alex acknowledged privately uh to Deborah and to Aries that the joke was out of line and inappropriate and apologized to them. My source also said that uh well he can't say for sure that Alex Borstein is not racist. Uh, he has talked to her several times, and she has never come across that way. Uh, so he truly believes that it was just a bad, a bad joke, uh, and one that obviously would not fly in today's society. Deborah Wilson is said to have offers flooding in now that she's done this interview. <clears throat> so stay tuned. We will continue to follow up on this story. But for right now, I'm going to take a break. And I'll be right back. And I am back. And we're going to move on from late night now. And we're going to talk some Lady Gaga. The beloved entertainer had the week from hell last week. On Wednesday night, her dog walker was shot and two of her French pit bulls were dognapped. The story flooded social media and I... Uh, Almost every news outlet carried some some version of this story. (sighs) 
about two days later, the dogs were returned to the Los Angeles Police Department safely. Uh, No harm came to them at all. Uh, Some people are wondering if part of the reason why this happened is because Lady Gaga did offer a half million dollar reward for the safe return of her puppies. Other people are questioning how and why this happened in the first place. It appeared as though someone must have been someone must have been uh, watching and knew the relative schedule of these of these people of these puppies and of the dog walker otherwise it it doesn't really make sense as to how um this happened and how they knew that the puppies belonged to Lady Gaga. As of press time, Lady Gaga has not said whether or not she is going to uh, pay out uh, the the half million dollar reward uh, that she promised. Though, uh, given her generosity, it is not uh, outside of the realm of possibility that um, she's going to do this. <clears throat> her dog walker is fine. Lady Gaga herself uh, posted on social media that she was praying for him and announced earlier today that she would be covering all of his medical bills on top of continuing to pay him for the time that he's off in recovering. <clears throat> When I talked to my L.A. source about this, uh, we covered a a variety of topics. Um, But one thing that kept coming up was the bling ring. Uh, This was a series of heists done to celebrities like Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, uh, Lindsay Lohan, um, and I feel like I'm forgetting someone else. Uh, Maybe one of the Kardashians. Uh, but millions of dollars of property and cash was stolen from these people. And it ended up being an inside job. The LA, our LA source believes that this was an inside job. Um, Either someone who knew the schedule or someone who could easily access it. Uh, he went out on a limb and said uh, that they should be looking at employees that Lady Gaga fired recently um, or that may have been peeved uh, by any number <coughs> by any number of instances of um real or imagined uh, insults um, to their job. Obviously because Gaga has not been able to tour, uh, he is thinking that there could be a a backup dancer or uh, someone who was once very close to the singer who 
uh, feels as though she betrayed them uh, by not going out on tour and by not continuing to uh, do shows. When it was pointed out that she literally can't, there's um, there's no possible way for for this to be a thing. He gently reminded me that this is Los Angeles and people don't always think rationally. Especially if they're close to losing their house or if they feel as though their career is slipping away from them. The police have issued no statements other than to announce the safe return of the puppies uh, saying that this is an ongoing investigation and that they will not uh, be talking to the media unless something else happens or there's another break in the case. Uh, one thing that should be pointed out, according to my LA source, he has heard through the grapevine that Lady Gaga has also hired a private detective to find out who did this <clears throat> and in order to help uh, the investigation and make sure that the person who shot her dog walker and kidnapped her puppies does not go unpunished. And I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I am back. So let's talk some Taylor Swift. And I can hear Mandy in the background screaming no. But come on. We have to. There was so much Taylor Swift news uh, this week that it's impossible not to talk about her. So. First things first. A couple weeks ago. An amusement park in Utah named Evermore sued Taylor Swift for violation of trademark. In their claim, they said that because of Taylor's second folk album, Evermore, their web traffic has increased. And there was confusion between her album and the amusement park. This is a real lawsuit, people. This is not satire. This is not anything. This is completely true. You can look it up. So, with with all that, they asked for at least $2 million in damages, plus punitive damages. Uh, they asked for an injunction stopping Taylor Swift from using Evermore on any merchandise or, any, uh, or anything else. And in fact, wanted her to be forced to rename her record so as not to cause confusion among the masses. Taylor's team countered, saying that, essentially, the soundest legal argument 
um, I've heard in this ridiculous case, you cannot trademark a name. Or you cannot trademark a word, rather. And, in fact, moved on to allege that the owners of Evermore Theme Park owe more than $2 million in construction costs and upkeep for their park and that they have not been able to make money during the pandemic uh, because everything was closed and therefore are filing this ridiculous lawsuit in the hopes that a jury will award them some of Taylor's hard-earned money. When I talked to my lawyer friend about it, she said it she was surprised that it that the lawsuit even got this far that they had no legal merit and uh frankly if it gets before a judge he's likely to dismiss it off the right off the bat uh, with no uh without prejudice uh meaning that they cannot refile it later but that wasn't the only legal news for Miss Swift. Indeed, she then countersued Evermore for using her songs without permission or paying for them. And in her and in this 127-page document alleged that the only reason that Ever the owners of Evermore filed this lawsuit was as a counter move because they knew that her they knew that her holding company was set to file a copyright violation against them. Uh, no dollar amount has been asked for, though this is this does not seem to be uh, one of those making a statement uh, things like with the DJ uh, I don't remember if it was last year or in 2019 where she only asked for a dollar um, to to show people that you know the DJ grabbed her ass and made really rude remarks towards her <clears throat> um, she seems to be going for the for the kill on this one and in fact, it was an ex ex employee of Evermore who had tipped her off that the company used uh, songs from her, including "Bad Blood" and uh, "You Belong with Me," uh, as well as "Love Story" uh, during a cast sing along. Evermore also used works from the likes of Britney Spears, Katy Perry, and more. When presented with this, my legal friend told me that there was no way Taylor that there was no way Taylor Swift would lose, even without. Uh, video proof of them using her songs, which would normally be needed in this type of case. 
um, the fact that a former employee was the one who made the allegations to her company, uh, to Taylor Swift's holding company, that is, and the fact that Evermore quickly tried to file the paperwork that they that Taylor's team had asked them to do uh, years ahead of time, just before they filed their own lawsuit, says that they knew that they were in the wrong. She also said, look for uh, Taylor Swift to be awarded a ton of money as well as all those other mentioned artists. And moving on to a little bit happier news, uh, Taylor Swift released a new version of Love Story called Love Story Taylor's Version. And it skyrocketed up the charts. Uh, It was number one on almost every streaming platform within hours of her releasing it. And it debuted at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. This is very significant because it's the highest ranked re-release that the chart has ever seen. A, A little bit on the downside, at least from Taylor's perspective, it also helped fuel sales of Fearless, the, uh, what is l- largely considered to be Taylor's breakthrough album. Uh, she does not own the rights to those masters. Uh, Scooter Braun recently sold those to another company, again, without Taylor's permission. Her version of Fearless, uh, which is tentatively titled Fearless, Taylor's version, will be released uh, in April. She is, it is said that she is looking forward to, and I quote, sticking it to the man. And according to my LA source, record executives are frightened right now of what happens with this record. Artists like Britney Spears and... Excuse me. Uh, Artists like Britney Spears and uh, the Jonas Brothers, as well as a few others, are able to start re-recording some of their classics. And if Taylor sees success in this, there could be an onslaught of new recordings... Um, some will be faithful to the original as Taylor's, uh, Taylor did with Love Story and uh, is said to have done with uh, the entirety of uh, the Fearless album. Others might be a little bit more daring. Uh, my LA source said that he has talked to execs from Sony and Universal Music Group and they say that they feel as if um, they feel as if Britney were to re-record um, Baby One More Time or even Oops, I Did It Again. Uh, she would probably uh, 
lean into the EDM music that she has uh, become so fond of in the recent years. This is still a developing story with Taylor Swift, so of course I'm going to stay on top of it. But that is going to do it for me for today. Coming up next is Politalk with Will. Hey folks, producer Will here, back with another episode of Politalk. This is going to be a pretty old school episode of Politalk because this week was a little short on actual political news, but pretty long on stupid shit happening. To start off, we're going to cover everything important that came out of the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, which was hosted in South Florida last week. Now that we've covered all the important news coming out of CPAC, let's cover everything stupid that happened. Or, well, let's cover the highlights. If I tried to cover everything stupid that came out of CPAC, we'd be here for half an hour or more. And y'all would much rather listen to gossip than this anyway. So I think I'll start things off by talking about the golden statue of former President Donald Trump that the event's organizers decided was a good idea to have as a headlining decoration. The literal golden idol apparently produced no cognitive dissonance in the religious attendees, most of whom were too focused on the apparent existential threat posed to women's sports by trans women. Seriously, conservatives are still on that. Still blatantly fear-mongering about how allowing kids to transition would put their daughters in the same room and compete with big, scary males. A sentiment that was unfortunately backed up by Senator Rand Paul, known asshole, and walking, talking dumpster fire Marjorie Taylor Greene in their responses to transgender Biden cabinet nominee Rachel Levine at her confirmation hearing. In addition to blatant transphobia, CPAC's speakers were very concerned with the status of Mr. Potato Head, who has reportedly been canceled by the evil left. To clarify what prompted this particular tantrum is that Hasbro is launching a new line of Mr. Potato Head toys. The line as a whole is going to drop the Mr. from it, as Hasbro wants more people to feel included in the Potato Head creation fun. However, the company has confirmed that individual products in the line will still be sold as Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Lest you think we only talk about Republicans doing stupid shit on this podcast, let's pivot to the other big political scandal of the week. I'm referring to allegations made against New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo recently, allegations that he has sexually harassed a number of his aides. At press time, at least three different women have come forward accusing him of behaving inappropriately towards them in various ways. Cuomo has denied the allegations, but was forced to turn over the investigation to New York State Attorney General Letita Wright after facing bipartisan pressure from state lawmakers. Cuomo's had a reputation as a bit of a creep for a long time, but many of his unpopular actions and personality traits were overshadowed due to his popular handling of the COVID crisis. However, it looks like the governor didn't handle the crisis nearly as well as was previously thought. New data from New York State nursing homes indicate that Cuomo was 
fairly negligent in containing outbreaks in nursing homes at the start of the COVID pandemic, leaving many of New York's most vulnerable in the lurch, and then later tried to cover up his administration's failure. Governor Cuomo has survived a lot of unpopularity during his career, but it remains to be seen if he'll be able to survive this. And that's all for this segment, folks. Told you it'd be a short episode. Tune in next time for, hopefully, less talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Although, knowing how my luck has been the past few weeks, I'm going to get my wish and end up talking about stupid shit that Madison Cawthorn did instead. All right, folks. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and until next time, cheers.